Hi, and thanks for listening to Call of the Week. I'm Ginger Rousey, and here with the top call of the week is Dr. Larry Steckel. I'm sure your phone has been busy, and in fact, I hope you have it on mute because it'll probably be ringing during this recording. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been getting a few calls, so I guess that's good. Yeah, so uh, you said grass weed concerns. That's, That's the top call for you this week. Yeah, and actually, it's it's kind of been a theme for most of the spring. Uh, usually, it seems like for a decade plus, it's been Palmer amaranth. You know, don't hear a lot about it right now. The big question right now is folks are really struggling trying to control um, well, a sundry of different grasses. Uh, Johnson grass is definitely one of them. Uh, the other big ones are goose grass and then the barnyard grass complex. So. And that gets a little if dicey on trying to tell them apart. So there's there's what's called jungle rice, which technically is onless barnyard grass and then just barnyard grass. So the way to tell those two apart are the barnyard grass has ons on it like we typically consider with wheat. And the onless is just that. It doesn't have doesn't have those those ons. And you can only just now start to tell them apart because they're flowering out. Okay. Uh, but we've died, you know, we've a couple years ago now we found that the onless part of the barnyard grass in a lot of the more southwestern counties of Tennessee is glyphosate resistant and also goosegrass is glyphosate resistant and we got a little bit of Johnson grass that is as well so all that is really being a problem trying to control it um, so we've got a lot of spraying going on out there mm-hmm. Uh, in the counties and also here at Jackson trying to address a lot of these questions. So what what are you advising uh, for these glyphosate resistant grasses? What what can producers do? Well unfortunately it's not a one-size-fits-all so it kind of depends on species. So on Johnson grass I think we're learning what we knew back in the 80s and 90s before the extend crops come out and that is uh, the FOPs or uh, Fusillade, uh, Sure, are going to be a better fit trying to control those then select. Most have been using the dim type chemistry, so it'd be like select, and that's been very, very common, the most used out there. Uh, and most folks are trying to address a lot of these escaped grasses uh, that glyphosate's no longer doing a really good job with adding some clethodin to the tank, and that's not really been very helpful for for uh, Johnson grass. Uh, okay. it's, it seems to be escaping that. So, uh, and then on the annual grasses, uh, still, it looks like the DIMS or SELECT is still one of the better options. The problem is we're, no one's, everybody's tank mixing in with Ingenia or Extendamax. And it's been known for a long time, and we're seeing it again in our research, that when you add dicamba to, to these grass herbicides, you antagonize them. They just don't work as well. And we're seeing about 20 to 30% less control of these grass species um, with with the select type herbicides in the tank than if they just the select type herbicides went out on their own mm-hmm. and we're getting better control then so is that an economical decision where is it better to make a separate pass just with select or live with that 20 percent? i mean because that's going to take a, a lot of extra time it is and you know ideally yeah so you, you you'd separate them and in some cases some folks are because they just can't do it otherwise uh, the other way around it is just to increase the rate, mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know a lot of folks have been using like four pa- four ounces. This gets complex with these clethodims because there's a one pound clethodim, a two, and a three being sold out there. So, um, but on the three pound clethodim, they might be wanting to go with with four ounces. Um, 
or with a you know a two pound they might be wanting to go with six we really need to be up there 10 to 12 ounces of a two pound uh, which is the most commonly used uh, to have a get decent control tank mixed in with with some of these dicamba products are you getting other questions about broadleaf species? Any pigweeds that you're, that you're getting a lot of calls about? Yeah, well, oh yeah, I've got calls on pigweeds just in the last week. Um, there's the people are just so scared of resistance developing again, and I've had calls on both dicamba and 2,4-D not controlling pigweeds in a few spots. I wouldn't go take a look at them. I hope it's just something other than resistance, which 99% of the time it is, but it's something we do have to. Uh, basically run every year. Uh, eventually, we're going to find resistance. I have no doubt. You can't spray as many acres as we're spraying uh, and relying on basically dicamba so hard that we probably won't see resistance to it. Uh, I'd be a little surprised if we find 2,4-D resistance just because we haven't sprayed much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a selection uh, pressure over a lot of acres, and we haven't don't have a lot of acres of an enlist out there. Okay. So to recap your, your uh, earlier comments, with the grass weed species, you're, you're recommending making a separate pass with that grass herbicide. That would be the ideal thing. Uh, a lot of times they can't do it, so then just upping the rate of those. And then you also got to be mindful of the surfactants in there. So a lot of times, if you're just tank mixing it in with Roundup, a lot of folks rely on that Roundup surfactant. Uh, it, I don't know if that's as helpful as it needs to be. If you look at the... Uh, select label it calls for crop oil well there's a concern there too so you put crop oil in with um, a a select product uh, and you want to add dual in there for residual and you know ingenia or extendamax that's a lot of herbicides in the tank and on cotton there's a concern about burn Mm -hmm. well if you add crop oil to it it, you're going to see some burn so you're going to need to watch the rate uh, we've done a bunch of spraying out back. It looks like a quarter percent of a crop oil, uh, you know, is is not been that bad as far as burn goes with those mixes. Uh, but, you know, the, it's a biological system. You get wet soil, real hot temperatures, you're going to see it get hotter. Uh, so you're going to have to watch it. But I would not use the 1% that you see in the recommendation out there. That's just too hot. All right. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, the big thing I think we've learned is, and of course this is all water under the bridge at this point, is don't let the grass come up from the get-go because we're struggling <laughs> controlling from post. So uh, relying on the pre's, uh, I've actually had some farmers send me some pictures of where they used a pre this year uh, trying to target grass, and boy, it's made a big difference. Mm-hmm. Good advice for next year. Exactly. All right. Thanks yeah. for being with us. I know you're busy, but we appreciate you taking time. Thank you all for listening to Call of the Week, and we'll talk next week. Mm-hmm.